Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news. Actually, not weekly update. We're doing a special episode. I feel like we need your sound effect, Roberta. What's the one that you always do? <laughs> pew, pew, pew. I can't do it as well as you do. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. The there laser lights. Yeah, yeah, the laser lights. <laughs> All right. A couple of royal reminders before we get into our special episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts.com. That's gallery podcasts with an S. And Rachel, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, well, this is a super special episode, and I feel like you're going to want to send us so many listener email afterward because we want to hear your thoughts. But we're joined today by Kristen Contino, author of A House Full of Windsor and chief reporter at Royal Central. Her book just came out this summer. Congrats to you. That's huge. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this is long overdue. We've been like following your book and everything and (laughs) diving into it. It's so good. And Uh, your Instagram, everything. Yeah, I thought before we get into all of it, I wanted to see if you would mind just giving our listeners a quick synopsis of the book and also tell us what has it been like to work on this throughout COVID? Of course. Yeah, I know. It's so fun to see you guys, by the way, because we've been Instagram friends and now we get to see each other and talk. So that's awesome. (laughs) Um, So A House Full of Windsor is about a woman who is quite literally royally obsessed (laughs) and she loves Princess Diana and her name's Debbie. And we see Debbie through the 1980s until the present day and kind of how her royal obsession takes over her life impacts her marriage, her relationship with her children, and she ends up as a compulsive hoarder and goes on a reality show with her children, kind of like a hoarder's show, and she has to confront her messy past, literally. It's such a great premise. Like, I was hooked immediately from the beginning. I just think it's so fun, and I think we can all identify with all the different things that are in this woman Debbie's house. Yes. Oh, I know. Like, I have off screen next to me some <laughs> teacups and whatnot of course but <laughs> the laminated hello magazine issues I thought oh my gosh it would yeah, be so fun to right. wander through her house as a uh, I feel like actually Debbie is the ultimate Roro she is she really is, as she you really said, is. royally obsessed <laughs> that's amazing I hope she would like our pod do you guys feel like you put like when you are you know browsing for royal memorabilia and things like that do you put a stop to how much you purchase like personally I'm just curious because I, I have a hard oh, time. Yeah. Like, look at my Amelia Noyce drawings. Diana on the back. I know, yeah. Like, I, I was like, those are the two. But then I bought a third and I was like, I can't keep buying them because there's, you know, I, know. I want to support her, but there's a limit to how much I can have in my tiny <laughs> totally. apartment. I have so many. I mean, behind me on the wall, I have this print I got in Scotland and I have another one, um, Royal Sketches by Gen V. But I'm like, I'm running out of wall room. I can't, <laughs> I can't keep buying these prints and things. But I know in my head, I'm like, don't be a Debbie. Don't be a Debbie when I'm at a store. <laughs> but Debbie's kind of cool. No. Uh, but I love Debbie. Yeah. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, was it, what was it like to work on this during COVID? You know, obviously a favorite subject, but that must have helped, but what are the challenges, I guess? So I have a, I guess, interesting COVID story with that because I wrote this book quite a while ago, Mm. actually, um, in 2015, I finished it in 2015. Oh, wow. So I wasn't working on it during COVID at all, but I kind of had a moment where, you know, a lot of us 
thought, okay, I have a lot of time on my hands. And I was just, you know, kind of rethinking, I think, my professional life too. And this book, you know, at the time my agent um, had pitched it, it didn't end up getting picked up by a publisher. And I kind of filed it away because we kept hearing not right for the market at this time. And I think a lot has changed in the royal world since then. And, you know, the crown has come out and things like that. And Harry and Meghan weren't a thing back when I wrote this. And I think with the royals even being more popular, that helped me in terms of the market and marketing. And, like, rom-coms are really popular right now, too. Mm -hmm. So I think all of those things kind of came together. And it was the right time where it wasn't then. And I decided to revisit the book and you know, try to get it published again. And this time it was really fast. I mean, it was literally like a day after sending the email of pitching it, but that is not normal. And that is just, you know, it's not my story in the sense that it sat there for five years and nobody wanted it. And then suddenly they did. So that was kind of, you know, my 2020 highlight, one of the only great things that happened. Um, So for me, yeah, that was kind of more me during the pandemic being like, I need to do something else. Like, you know, I need to direct my attention somewhere and do something productive. And it worked out, luckily. And you have other books too out. Besides A House Full of Windsor, your first book, what was it? I do. Uh, The Legacy of Us is my first book. And that came out in 2015. So actually this book I had finished, I had already finished writing the first draft when that one came out. So yeah, it's been a while and it's awesome that it's finally, you know, out and people can read it. So exciting. Well, congratulations. And before we get into what we're going to talk about, I did just want to mention when Kristen sent this book to Roberta and I, she included a, it was just like the sweetest touch, a Princess (laughs) Diana sticker. And I have to share that I've somehow misplaced it and I'm out of sorts over it. I put it in somewhere, I put it somewhere special and now I'm feeling like a hoarder because we're talking about it. (laughs) But I, I, I know I put it somewhere where it's safe. I just can't find it, but it was like a picture of her in that sort of green, uh, green and white jacket. And I Eagles, it was the Eagles 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 jacket. jacket. Yeah. Yeah, I love, love it. So I will find it. It was a really nice touch. And your book takes place in Philly, which is where I just moved to in March during COVID. So yeah, I live outside of Philly too. I know we need to meet up. You actually posted about World Market had a, a big uh, collection yes. <laughs> of royal family kind of I trinkets know. and stuff. And I was like, where Road is trip. this? I have to go. <laughs> so we'll definitely have to get tea somewhere soon. Yes. For <laughs> well, sure. together with Kristen during this very special episode of the podcast that we're so excited about, we're going to be chatting about the best recent-ish royal books so that you have a royal reading list as the temperatures start to dip for fall. We're all going to be kind of hunkering down. I don't know. Is Huga still a thing? That Sort of yeah. like snuggling up, so feels like a great list. Royal but, Huga. Yeah, but first, <laughs> what are we sipping today, Roberta? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. So I'm sipping some sparkling rosé. Even though it's fall, I feel like I can still get away with it before it's too, too cold. I have to finish a bottle um, of it. So I had it in my fridge. What about you? Yeah, I went I went for the red. I'm drinking Joel Gott's uh, Cab So from 2018 night. I, it's delicious. And it's actually like, even though it's two o'clock in the afternoon, it's really yeah. giving me the pick-me-up that I need. <laughs> Kristen, how about you? I know it's a lot of pressure to ask someone to drink during the work day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I totally work. forgot to get myself a drink, but I have totally a okay. glass of water out of my very fancy Marks and Spencer crystal oh, glass. Oh, that I'm was into five it. pounds, it. but it was <laughs> expensive. So, totally yeah. appropriate. I love it. <laughs> I love Marks and Spencer. I did want to tease one thing while we're sipping that is coming out this weekend, which is a brand new CNN original series called Diana that premieres October 10th. 
at nine o'clock. It's all about Diana's modernity and why she's a blueprint for the modern woman. Everyone should tune in. A fun fact about it is that I actually got to participate in it. So everyone needs to watch. I'm kind of nervous about it, but (laughs) it's a six part series. So please, please, please check it out. And it's been a long time in the works and a secret that Rachel has kept under wraps. And now we can finally talk about how she was going to be in a CNN documentary I'm about so Diana. I'm so excited. I mean, so I have no exciting. idea. Maybe I have like one sentence. I have no idea what what ends up on the quote. What are they called? The cutting room floor. But it should yeah. be fun. And I can't believe there's an official date. So everyone set DVR. Do people still DVR? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Or thing. watch live. That's a thing. Yeah, record it. Um, So it's going to be how many parts? Six parts? Six parts. And the first episode is all about Diana's childhood. So it's called the the first episode is The Girl from Norfolk. And it's all about her growing up and what leads to her relationship and romance with Prince Charles. I cannot believe I'm going to see you on my TV. It's I like I'm still having to grasp that. I'm so, so excited. (laughs) I'll be there with popcorn and a glass of wine. I'm still convinced that I like got cut, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I'm teasing it because it was so exciting. And I know that the, the crew did a really good job. So. Well, okay, so everyone tune in Diana, October 10th at 9 p.m. on CNN, 9 p.m. Eastern. And there'll be, I mean, of course, other episodes coming up. All right. And while we're sipping, I'm going to read a lovely listener email from Becca. She wrote in, hey, Roberta and Rachel, I hope you're doing well. I found your podcast after my husband and I binged The Crown during quarantine last year. I quickly became obsessed and needed a place to keep up on all the royal news. I appreciate the fun you have each episode and the thoughtful and detailed opinions you bring. The main reason I'm writing you, Becca says, is because a little over a month ago, I ended up needing surgery on my left hand. While making dinner with my husband, I was trying to get the pit out of an avocado and the knife slipped, and I ended up puncturing my hand, immediately losing feeling in one of my fingers. Surgery was needed to find out if I had severed the nerve or not. I wasn't able to be put under as planned, so they numbed my hand locally. I was informed that I could bring my phone and AirPods into the OR and listen to a podcast to keep my mind off the fact that I was awake while they cut my hand open. I decided to to finish listening to the royally obsessed episode prince george is the king of our hearts during the entire surgery it was the perfect podcast to listen to instead of a true crime podcast which was my (laughs) other choice (laughs) i'm glad you didn't pick that becca as the surgery came to a close the surgeon asked me what i've been listening to i told them it was a podcast about the royal family the surgery team chimed in and it was obvious none of them kept up on royal goings-on i guess rightly so as doctors one said isn't one of them american i laughed to myself (laughs) and was thankful to have you guys with me during a crazy and tear-filled day. Thank you for all you do and can't wait to listen to more Royally Obsessed, Becca. Oh, oh my gosh. We so made it into the surgery room. <laughs> I had to look back, Roberta, because that was the episode. Kristen, I don't, it was like the timing was right when we were, it was a sports week and Roberta and I struggled to get all the details right, but it was when the, the soccer <laughs> game, the football game, uh, and yeah. Wimbledon. Yeah. During the Euros. That, so yes. It was a very, all, it was a great episode. All the sports. But. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm so glad that we helped Becca get through her, her hand surgery. I hope the recovery is going well, Becca. Yeah. Thank you for writing in. Okay, this week in Royal History, a privilege to have Kristen here to join us because it's a super fun one to reminisce about. And now, this week in Royal History. 
Before there was COVID, before micro weddings were all the rage with Beatrice, there was Princess Eugenie's wedding to Jack Brooksbank at St. George's Chapel at Windsor. I cannot believe it's been three years. It was October oh my gosh, 12th, 2018. Yeah. What do you guys remember from that? I feel like there's, I, I was looking back at all the pictures, like reminiscing. That was actually one of my, maybe my favorite royal wedding because I felt like it was so much like a family wedding. It seemed a little bit more intimate. Um, One of the things that stood out to me, I loved the flowers. The flowers were so beautiful for her wedding. I just love the overall aesthetic there. Yeah, they did like a fall color scheme, which was really beautiful. And I feel like I didn't get to see that many pictures until I was, I was just reminiscing when we, when I thought we would be talking about this and I thought, oh my gosh, reds oranges purples it was so beautiful so pretty yeah and her dress of course um just that low back and it was so touching I thought you know with her scoliosis scar that she wanted to showcase that so I actually have scoliosis too so that was just really nice for me to see you know her as such a you know global person out there you know showing girls young girls because it sucks like you have to wear a back brace or you have to have surgery and you know, I don't ha- I didn't have surgery, so I don't have a scar, but I just thought that was really nice for her to do that. Yeah, and not cover it up. Right, and bringing awareness to scoliosis. Yeah. And, and also, yeah, exactly, not covering it up. I think that's one of the things that the royals are so good at is kind of being unattainable mm-hmm. and crafting this perfect image. And then to see her really embracing that we all have scars and we all have imperfections. And she was kind of putting them showcasing them for the world to see. I thought also I have to shout out her reception dress was stunning. Oh, yeah. Zach Posen. You remember the form fitting? That like, was bodice? gorgeous. Oh, I forgot I just, about like, that, Roberta. I, I feel like I stared at that picture. It was so incredible. So it's really I know. Beautiful. I keep thinking that was the wedding where I feel like Charlotte really blossomed where we got the real <laughs> Charlotte wave and she just oh, really was, was so you know, it was like every minute <laughs> yeah. she was doing the wave. And then I really loved Jack with, remember the detail? I think it came out after. I don't remember noticing it while watching, but um, where he put his glasses on while she walked down the aisle for better mm, visibility. Yeah. I just thought that was oh, so sweet. So and then cute. took them off for the, the ceremony. But again, I can't so believe it's been sweet. three years. They have since had August. Philip Hawk Brooksbank has joined their family which I think the christening is still TBD. Kristen, do you know anything more about that? It is, yeah. I was actually, it's funny. Just yesterday, I get an um, international subscription to Hello, and I love just oh, like, yeah. the pictures of big <laughs> so format. But um, there was an interview with Fergie in it about her new book, speaking of royal books. Yes. And um, she was saying how the, you know, the christening had been postponed because of COVID issues. So they're not really sure when it's going to be. And she was kind of joking. She wasn't sure if he would fit into the christening gown and the royal christening gown that they all wear by the time, you know, they did it. But hopefully he will. Yeah. It looks pretty big. Yeah. I feel like there's so much going on for them. And, you know, obviously we're like coming off, coming off uh, the yacht pics with Jack, but I feel like all that was Mm -hmm. kind of, is okay. Like we had Fergie's quote, yeah. you know. It felt like it blew over and everything's it did, pretty much back to normal. But there yeah. was a report that he's going to have a new job. Yeah, that was the only thing that kind of made really me like my eyebrows raised. I, I, there was nothing about whether or not it would still, he very likely could still be doing Casamigos, but 
that he would be joining his father recently retired. What was the role, Roberta? It was I think it's an accountant at his father's firm. His father's quietly stepped down after he had a really massive COVID scare. Mm -hmm. Um, He was really sick. Right, exactly. And they were really worried about him. And I know I think Eugenie posted a couple of times about it, but Mm -hmm. um so he will be stepping into the family business, I guess. And um it's an accounting firm, I believe. So um it does that does feel a little bit like a direct response to the yacht pick fallout. I don't know if it is, but like people, I obviously were questioning, like, how does your job entail being with these bikini clad women on a yacht? So I guess maybe he's <laughs> turning to a desk job now. I don't know. <laughs> I still love Fergie. He's just one of my most favorite people. I call him James Bond, actually. I love that. Yeah, it's very James uh, Bond it sounds <laughs> yeah, she I love that he she came to his defense so yeah. openly. All right. Should we do this, Roberta? Dive in. Let's Kristen, you ready? Do it. Yeah. On this special episode, as we mentioned, we're chatting all about royal books with Kristen. So, Kristen, we asked you to pick some books that fall into certain categories. So if we could kick it off with your top picks for fiction books for us royal fans. So I'm kicking it off with one of my actually two technically favorite books that I've read in the past year. So Wife After Wife by Olivia Hayfield. And there's a sequel, Sister to Sister, that came out this year. Wife to Wife came out last year. I am obsessed with these books. They're so good. And if you're at all into Tudor history, you're going Mm. to love these. Even if you're not, doesn't matter. So they're modern retellings of Henry VIII and his wives. And Henry VIII is Harry Rose, which I thought was so clever with the two Rose. (laughs) And he is like Richard Branson, basically. He's like Rose Corp is basically virgin. And they're this huge media company. And he's this media mogul. And his wives go through the pattern of the real wives in history, except it's modern day in London. Like London is such a character in the story, too. Love it so much. It's so fun and entertaining. Uh, and the sister, Sister to Sister, is the sequel, and that's about Elizabeth I and her sister Mary, and them kind of fighting to take over this media empire from their father. And I was also obsessed with that one. So I was telling um, Olivia, her actually her name's Sue, it's a pen name, but I had become friendly with her because I interviewed her for Royal Central, and I was like, I'm telling everyone I know to read, I'm going to force <laughs> everyone I know to buy these books, I'm obsessed. So good. You all have to read them. They're that amazing. That sounds amazing. I'm definitely at I feel like I should open up an Amazon.com. I know we right should just like add my cart as right we now. do the yeah, episode. Just start your carts right now. <laughs> They'll take us through the the winter months and everything. Yeah. I was laughing because just reading the synopsis of this, I forgot, Roberta, I blocked that. I guess it was right before COVID. You and I went and saw that musical Six right on Broadway. Right before COVID. I think right I watched like so the jealous. following week. But we saw Six and it was incredible. It was so We had tickets and it got canceled. I was supposed oh. to go in March last year. Oh. So yeah, my sister and I are supposed to go in December. I mean, fingers crossed. Is it? So it's coming back. Like on. it was just put on. Yeah, it's for, reopening. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was, I remember so, the crowd. So Do you remember good. the crowd, Roberta? Yes, it's all about yes. Henry VIII for people all that aren't the, aware and the perspectives of all six of his exes. It's a musical. All the little girls singing the songs. Like everyone there knew every song. It was it was like a Hamilton level hype is what I would compare it to. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's really, so popular. It's really crazy. good. I, yeah. I'm actually hoping that that one comes out to like a streaming service soon because it was, I, I want my mom to see it. She would love it. It's so good. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm super excited to see it. But yeah, if you love six, that's a good point. Oh. You will love wife after wife yeah perfect. perfect all right what's next for your pick so my next pick is pretty different but it 
is really fun. It's called Once Upon a Royal Summer by Terry Wilson, and it is a Hallmark book. So you can totally picture this as a Hallmark movie. It's about a theme park princess who falls in love with a real life prince. So picture, you know, someone working at Cinderella at Disney World is assigned to be a VIP guide to a real prince and his daughter and they fall in love. Spoiler alert. And <laughs> the Hallmark books, so you know what's going to happen. Yes. But it's just like escapism. It's so light and fun. And it's just, you know, with everything going in the world right now, sometimes you just want a book like that, that you know is going to be happily ever after. And I love Terry's books. They're all really good. She's had a few of them made into Hallmark movies. And I was like, this book has to be a Hallmark movie because I was picturing it while I was reading it. And it's (laughs) the pretend kingdom that it's set in. So like Monaco, like you can just picture it. So yes, it was really fun. I definitely recommend that one for a feel good read. I I love that. that. I think that that sounds like if, um, if you loved American Royals by Catherine McGee, you would probably love that one. So yeah, I loved American. And Royals, those were so fun. Yes, so good. I hope she's coming out with a third soon. I think she's. I know. It. Fingers she crossed. Teases it all <laughs> yeah, the time. She teases it. Yeah. All right. So that one was Once Upon a Royal Summer by Terry Wilson. And their next pick, Kristen. So the next one, I tried to pick like really different books. So this one is historical fiction. It's called The Queen's Fortune by Alison Pataki, and. This is about something. So I actually run a royal book club on Facebook with a few friends of mine called Royally Good Reads. And we pick a different royal book every month. Um, Yeah, if anybody, any of the Rovros want to join, just, you know, search for Royally Good Reads on Facebook. But this was one of our picks. And I thought I wanted to read about the Swedish monarchy. And it's really hard. I don't know why to find books about the Swedish monarchy, like fiction especially. So this one came up and it is about one of the queens of Sweden, but how she ends up being queen of Sweden is crazy. I had no idea about any of this. And it's not really, you know, a time period that I had followed closely. It's in the Napoleonic era. And she actually has a love affair with Napoleon when she's young. And then, yeah, (laughs) so it's wild and it's just so entertaining. And it's kind of how her life is tied in with Napoleon's life too, because his brother marries her sister, so they become in-laws, and he goes off and, you know, and has his different marriages and whatnot, and she ends up marrying this other guy, but he's not Swedish. Like, they end up king and queen of Sweden, but, like, in a weird way. So it's very interesting, and Sounds I definitely... Juicy. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> want to get more of her books, because this was excellent, and I felt like I learned a lot, you know, about a time period that I wasn't super you know, aware of before. Yeah, that's the one thing I will say, too, is that the British um, royal family, like other royal families outside of that, I feel like are just, there's so much drama and so much good gossip that I feel like that could be an entire other podcast that someone needs to do because... Oh, I know. I mean, you should see some of the, our royal central group chats sometimes (laughs) because we carry, you know, we cover monarchies from around the world and Spain Spain's got a lot of stuff going on. Monaco, yeah, I mean, Monaco. yeah. Oh, my gosh. yeah, we've been tuning into that. The news. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely want it in, you know, our book picks in the group to be kind of more inclusive of other monarchies, not just focusing on British royals and trying to learn about yeah. other cultures and other monarchies. So that was one of our picks that I really loved. become royally obsessed, Kristen. We didn't even ask you that. Oh, yeah. So 
my mom was really into Princess Diana when I was growing up. And I think like a lot of people around our age could probably say the same. And so I always kind of had that in the background of my life growing up. She had a couple Diana collector plates, not a Debbie, but like, you know, <laughs> Debbie in training. And <laughs> yeah, like she always loved Diana. So I loved Diana. And then just growing up, I guess I kind of fell away from it a bit. I mean, I did study abroad in London and really became interested more in British culture and things like that in that way. And when Will and Kate got engaged, I guess is really when I became a little bit more personally invested in the Royals. You know, I did follow them kind of to a degree, but not as much. And yeah, it was really when she came more on the scene that I became a lot more interested. So awesome. It's so good to know the background. I just, I love this Royal Book Club that you guys have going. But okay, I took us away. Roberta, biography. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So next up, category, biography. What do you have for us, Kristen? So first, I have Elizabeth and Margaret, The Intimate World of the Windsor Sisters by Andrew Morton. I think we all love an Andrew Morton book. We both read this this summer. So yeah, we're really excited you picked this one. I thought this one was so good. And, you know, some of his books, of course, the Diana book is so well known and, you know, kind of sensational. I mean, especially at the time. And I think even the Megan biography, which I read, is a little more like tabloid style. So I thought mm-hmm. this one was different. I mean, what did you think in that sense? Yeah, like I thought it was so interesting how far back he went. I think just reading about a young Elizabeth, the princess Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, before even knowing that she would ever be queen was super interesting and enlightening. Um, And the level of detail. I think that Andrew Morton, you know, he is very, very good at that. He does a lot of research. So um, what did you think, Rachel? I mean, I yeah, I totally agree with everything Roberta said and, and Kristen. I just think that it was also so amazing to read simultaneously with the air and the spare dynamic that was playing out with Harry and William at the same time. Like, I think, yes, you know, it was hard it, or not hard. I'm sure it was intentional, but it was so fascinating to contextualize it with what's playing out currently and go back to yeah. how it really is something mm-hmm. that has always, always existed. Yeah, I was thinking that, too, just because... You know, there's the one part where during Margaret's christening and Elizabeth said that she was going to call her uh, Bud because she wasn't a Rose yet because Princess Margaret's name is Margaret Rose. And I thought that was so sad, but like kind of how Andrew Martin said that she's never going, never really going to become a Rose. She's always going to be a Bud because she's not the queen. Mm. Elizabeth was always meant to be queen. And I just thought that was really kind of sad when you read it but it's true because she was in this you know spare dynamic and she didn't really get to become I think what she could have been even you know even in the role that she had because I think times were different then and you know she was locked into a specific thing and even her relationship she couldn't get married to who she wanted to and I just love reading about Princess Margaret. I know. And it totally does feel like it's history repeating itself in a lot of ways. It does. At the same time, it's like Harry and Meghan really broke out of the the cycle or the destiny, I guess, they were bound for. So really interesting. What uh, What's next for biography? So my second one is The Duke, 100 Chapters in the Life of Prince Philip by Ian Lloyd. And I really thought this one was interesting because, you know, obviously this year we had him sadly pass away. And there are a lot of books that came out just because they were timed with his 100th birthday and already planned. And I guess it was 
kind of coincidental that all these great biographies came out at the same time when he died. And there's a lot of interest in reading about him, I think, or learning more about him. So this was one my friend Jessica recommended to me. I had read um, Prince Philip Revealed by Ingrid Seward originally, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a longer, I think, more in-depth um biography and I enjoyed that one and she said this one was a little bit different and I liked how it was set up so every chapter is kind of like a little snippet about his life some of the chapters are literally like two pages they're really short so it's like a story or anecdote or just like a fact about him and a little more about that so it's a really easy read just to breeze through like you don't have to sit there and you know be going through really long chapters or if you don't have time you know just read one little fact and you can get back to it when you want to so I liked that fact but I just thought you know there were some interesting little quotes and stories that even if you have read other books about him um you might learn something new even you know people I know who know a lot about him thought oh like I saw a little quote or story that I didn't know about do you remember any of the ones that surprised you one of them really surprised me, but I mean, I always love hearing his little quotes. I mean, some of them are awful, but there's always like some interesting ones thrown in there too. And I think what, I guess what surprised me originally was how many books he had written because oh, wow. he wrote a lot of books himself and mm. he's really interested in nature and, you know, bird watching and things like that. And He was so intelligent and really knowledgeable about, you know, and the environment and things like that. And I think that's something that Prince Charles definitely inherited from him. And I don't think people really credit Philip with that. But he was interested in the environment all along and kind of a trailblazer, I think, in that regard. So I think that's cool that Charles is kind of carrying on the torch with that. Mm hmm. I love, and this was written, Ian Lloyd is, um, was a former member of the Royal Press Corps too, right? So it yeah, was, so he is a photographer, so he's definitely, you know, yeah, well placed to write it. Yeah. So interesting. I had not heard of this one and I was so delighted to discover it through your list. So I cannot wait to order this one. Add to cart. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and that's the Duke 100 chapters in the life of Prince Philip. All right. Coffee table books. My favorite category. Such a fun category. <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> what is coffee table books? <laughs> I mean, so, my top pick? choice was The Other Side of the Coin by Angela Kelly. And I just thought this was amazing that the queen allowed her to write this book. So yeah. Angela Kelly is dresser to the queen, one of her closest confidants. And the queen gave her this amazing permission to be able to write this book. And so it takes you through just what it's like working with her, you know, even on a daily basis, but the process of how her outfits are picked out. And Angela Kelly actually makes some outfits too and designs them. So you see some of her sketches in the book, some pictures that, you know, had never been released before that are kind of behind the scenes. And I just thought it was fascinating, you know, the the behind the scenes aspect of what it's like to dress the queen. And as a coffee table book, you probably get some really beautiful images in there as well. And um, like, I, I feel like the coffee table book books that I have right now on my desk are the Chris Jackson photography ones, but to have also that level of insight into the fashion of the queen is a really, yeah. is a really cool approach. What, uh, what are some of your favorite insights about the queen's style that you gleaned from the book? We all know, you know, she likes her bright colors and I like how she chooses, you know, I think it's very intentional how she dresses to be seen by crowds and to be like bright and cheerful and things like that. And I just liked, for me, I like more of the personal stories, you know, about like her walking around Balmoral and things like that. And like, 
just kind of her life because her life itself is interesting too I think aside from the whole queen thing how she you know (laughs) just even getting the job yeah I just I love the book and I think for a coffee table book it was um a little bit more comprehensive sometimes coffee table books is just like picture 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 Mm -hmm. with like a little bit of caption and this is definitely more text based I think I mean there's a good mix of pictures and text but I I like those little meteors I feel like if I just want to look at pictures I'll look at them online I mean that's just me (laughs) um I don't typically buy coffee table books that are just photo based so I like that this you know had a lot of text in it as well I love the idea do you think that the Queen actually approved the manuscript too. I mean, I feel like getting the permission, I would think that there's some sort of review process. Yeah. There. I mean, I would imagine that, you know, things were probably run heavily past the palace for that. And that just shows you how much she trusts her because, I mean, look in the past, you know, people who have, you know, tried to write books and it just didn't go down well. So, um, I thought that was amazing and just shows her trust and confidence in her. Mm-hmm. There's that great scene in the royal documentary, royal family documentary that was banned, which popped up on YouTube where it's like the yes. queen vetting <laughs> her looks and stuff like that. And I don't think it was Angela Kelly back then, but it was uh, it was very fascinating and sort of gave this insight. So oh, yeah, that documentary, I was so excited when it came on YouTube Me because too. I had never I seen it before. Yeah, so it actually was kind of dull in the end. I mean, don't you think it was like a little bit dolls so yeah. you're like why why was this band it's really not it's not that crazy it's really awesome yeah it's that's such so a great look you're inside. like waiting you're waiting for this big reveal yes. of like we're waiting oh, for the something scandal. exciting yeah. to happen they're like no they're buying ice cream at the store yeah okay. <laughs> charles is riding his bike i think that was a little sad actually it was like charles is waiting to be king and it's like so wistful at the oh end. yeah like he'll be king sad. one day and you're like it's been so long since I they know. made this uh you know he's it really was All right, Kristen, we've got to move on for time's sake, but we have time to talk about one more book choice, a wild card, let's call it, a royal wild card. What is your pick? So my wild card is a book I just finished this past weekend, actually, and it's called The Royals Next Door by Karina Hale. And this was so fun. If you love a rom-com, it's great, but it actually takes the premise. So what if when Harry and Meghan were living in Canada, if their bodyguard and the girl next door fell in love? Mm. And... The characters, at first, I was like, is this going to read kind of like, you know, Harry and Meghan fan fiction? But it totally doesn't. So if you're on the fence because of that, don't be. Um, I mean, the characters definitely seem like Harry and Meghan in the book. But it's more focused on, you know, the relationship between the bodyguard and this girl who's a local teacher. And I loved it. It was really fun and actually had like a little bit of seriousness in it, too, because there's a mental health um, plot line that goes through it. So I thought that was really well done. And it's also a sexy book, though. So if you're not into Ooh, sex scenes, I love like, it. Yeah, the wild card is. This is a Bridgerton loving crowd. I think that we yeah. can yeah. handle it. <laughs> if you like Bridgerton, yeah. You'll be on board with that. But if you don't, you might want to stay away. But I personally loved it. I just thought it was a good mix of like fun and heartfelt. And yeah, definitely pick that up. The Royals Next Door. I can't wait to read it. All right. Fans of Bridgerton, The Royals Next Door by Karina Hale. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. 
Kristen, we're going to pass it to you first for a low. Do you have a royal book low? I will say, let's see, that there are too many good royal books out this year, and I don't have time to read them all. That is a definite low, because I have so many on my list. So that's my low. That's such a true Um, statement. It's so overwhelming (laughs) to keep up. It really is. And your mention of the Royal Book Club, that'll really, um, I need to join because that'll really motivate me to pick it up at my speed. Um, All right, my low this week is just that there was no press or PR for The Bench. Um, Megan released The Bench in June. And, you know, with the timing of it and with the birth of Lilibet Diana, I just, I wish so badly that she could do a big press tour and do a bunch of interviews. We only saw one with NPR, um, and it was for Father's Day, timed with Father's Day to promote the book. But otherwise, pretty quiet on the bench PR front. So that was my only yeah. was more Megan interviews for that book. It would have been great. But hopefully Harry hits the press circuit. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, I'm sure. Things so, <laughs> so, I'm sure be better. I mean, not yeah, that Yeah, I guess they don't, they don't need to, though, is the thing. True. It's like that they book don't really will sell. need to, but yeah, it would have been nice to, but I, to see. I just want to see outfits is all. Rachel, what <laughs> yeah, about you? Yeah, totally, the outfits. So Milo is more of a, like, I'm curious, and maybe, Kristen, you have intel on this, but, you know, flashing back to when Prince Philip passed away in April, there was an op-ed in the New York Times by Tina Brown, and the bio, you know, Tina Brown, who wrote the Diana Chronicles, the bio line said, Ms. Brown is the author of the Diana Chronicles and the forthcoming book, The Palace Papers. I have probably checked for the publication date of this book every single week since that happened and that was sort of mentioned and I can find no trace of this book coming out anytime soon. So I think my low is just like, I loved the Diana Chronicles. I cannot wait for this book. I don't know if you guys have heard anything yeah, more. No, than I, I haven't know. heard of a publication date. Um, but you've heard about the book or? Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard like, kind of, yeah, like you said, like kind of like vaguely about it. So, so yeah, vaguely. It's almost like top secret, like whisperings of the palace papers, which such a great, so name. intriguing. Yeah, such a good title. So, so my low is hopefully. just like, I want to know when I can pre-order this book. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. And they mentioned it in a page six article too. Mm-hmm. And there's like a Google book writing. sort of set up for it, but that has a July 2021 release or June, but there's no, in, no information. It all just seems like a placeholder. So I don't know. And kind of a very vague, like leather book cover. No, like the no, there's no illustrations or anything or drawings or mm-hmm. photos. So oh, can't wait to see. All Royal right. Our investigation the, continues. Yeah, really. Yes. Our, our Roro sleuths need to get on it. I'm not, yeah, I send know us an email. Out there listening that, <laughs> that we'll figure it out. Um, all right. Our highs for the week, Royal book highs. Kristen, do you have anything? And for the week, I would say reading The Royals Next Door because that was super fun and I just finished it. And yeah, I, I just thought it was unexpected for me that how much I enjoyed it. It sounds incredible. I cannot wait to to pick up that book. Was that your book club pick for the week for this no, week? No. Yeah, it just came out, I think, on August 31st. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was super, super recent when it came out. My high this week is the Prince Harry memoir. I just feel like that's just so exciting to know that we'll get his side of the story. And also just reading more and more about it, I think also, you know, we know that William and Harry are the only two people to have really experienced what having Princess Diana as a mother was like and to experience her death firsthand. And so I think it'll also, you know, people say like, oh, he's going to air the royal's dirty laundry. But I think it'll also kind of tell William's story too a little bit and glean you know we'll get insight into that perspective as well so I'm just 
so so excited for next fall mm-hmm. i feel like i'm gonna <laughs> be wishing yeah. away the days till i know it comes out. everyone's just dying to know what's going to be in it and i wonder yeah. you know how much of other people's stories will he be willing to tell or allowed mm-hmm. to tell i guess yeah is the question. yeah i still think he'll be very sensitive to things but we'll, yeah we'll find out we'll find out so my high is actually a double high, and I feel like we're announcing all this stuff in this episode, but Roberta, I'm going to let the <laughs> royal uh, cat, or should we say corgi, out of the bag, that Roberta and I are actually writing a book ourselves, and it is available for pre-order. It comes out in December. It's a huge high. Uh, it's called Yay! Royal. <laughs> so click, click to that. It's called Royal Trivia, yeah, Your cute. Guide to the Modern British Royal Family. And like I said, you can pre-order it now. Amelia Noyes. The beloved who we just treasure her artwork it's behind me uh did the cover illos for us it's very exciting it's a great christmas gift oh that's awesome yeah. congratulations Thank i'm you. so excited <laughs> for we're you we're kind of like surprising <laughs> ourselves we're just like the fact that it's done just we were like we can now talk about it so yeah we honestly yeah. threw in this mention to it like today yeah. we were just like all right this <laughs> is it ready this is to how it's, it's done yes, yeah it's oh, very, yay. a true labor of love during the pandemic because we have written it during the pandemic so roberta and i are really mm-hmm. on the phone quite a bit with each other which is a, a pleasure yes. to be honest so Kristen is the first to know so oh, yeah. I'm honored <laughs> um but yeah royal trivia nonfiction comes out December 14th tentatively um hopefully and uh Rachel your favorite trivia fact that we wrote about oh my are you, gosh can you tell uh, us? I'm gonna put you on the spot I know, I'm trying to think uh I think one of my favorite discoveries that is probably old news to like a lot of people who knows but I I think that it was a detail I had always missed that Kate Middleton was theatrical as a kid and that at Marlboro she had done she played Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady and she was 11. But if you go on YouTube, you can actually find the clips of her singing and performing the part. And I just feel like that is such a treasure and proves the value of YouTube. I just love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a cute video. It's too. so cute. And she has a great voice. Yeah, like her she actual does. tone as I, I sang. Acapella she's talented college. at like she's everything. Very talented. So good. Theater. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Credit to the Middleton fam right? for nurturing everything. all of her talents. Yeah. It feels like a royal requirement to be good at theater, though, because Charles was really amazing at theater. Yeah, and I Prince feel Edward like... is super into yeah. theater. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh. What about you, Roberta? And, oh, Queen Elizabeth. She was in like oh, yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin. Aladdin as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like one of my favorite facts is was um, learning more about Queen Elizabeth. And um, I love this this little tidbit that she you know, we kind of roll our eyes at like royal protocol. Like, what is that? But she technically broke royal protocol, um, her own protocol, when she uh, walked first into the church for Sir Winston Churchill's funeral um, and allowed his family to come in after and allowed the casket to come in after her, which usually she's the last person in because she's the most important and prominent figure there. So I thought that was really sweet and showed her kind of respect for him um, and how he kind of shaped her life in a lot of ways so um so many interesting tidbits about her growing up and flashbacks to that and yeah we also covered diana and charles and kate and megan and harry and william so the full all the royal picture. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but a fun high to end on for sure yes and kristen your book was out this summer july and it yeah. is a house full of windsor and you can buy it wherever books are sold yeah is that right Yep, amazing books are sold. amazing and what is remind me again the name of the book club it's royally called royally goodreads, goodreads. so royally yeah goodreads look us up on facebook. facebook and we'd love to have you 
Will do. And thank you so thank much you for, for all these here. fabulous book picks. My Amazon cart is full. Oh, and fun. now I'll just be deciding who gets to buy me what for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> send this to the family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Five stars. Pretty please. Reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And Kristen, what's your handle? Instagram. I'm at Royally Kristen C. That's Kristen with an I-N. Royally Kristen C. And you can also send us an email. Please, please let us know your royal book picks and what you thought of these books if you read them or if you're going to pick them up. Info at gallerypodcast.com. Please write us. And till next week, God, God save, save the, pod. the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.